0: This week's show. A fine start to the season. Would you expect anything less? We hear from folks in the Victor Boss, Neil Cugley.
1: pleased you please, know, especially we had so many new um, faces in the team and uh, yeah, lost um, a couple of quality players.
0: And the heartache of the club that you manage being shut down. Ennio Janella tells us all about his time at Kent Football United.
2: The preparation and the finances that went into pre season, he never expected it to go after three or four games
0: and welcome to this week's episode of the Kelly podcast sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, I've had a manic manic week so you have to excuse the lack of preparation but we've got two really really good interviews for you on this week's show and I hope that you're going to enjoy them both. Uh, I'm John Phipps, I've spent the last 24 hours in flat pack hell. I need cheering up so I'm hoping that the man you're about to hear from and about a dozen of his nearest and dearest are going to sort that out for me on Saturday. Matt Gerard how are you and are you looking forward to your trip to the seaside?
3: Well, uh, no, I am looking forward to my trip to the seaside. And I have to say, you need to employ my wife because if we ever get anything, she puts all the flat pack um, furniture together. A, because she doesn't trust me not to scuff half of it and do things wrong. But she, she she quite enjoys putting stuff together. And We have got something coming from Ikea for one of our daughter's bedrooms. So, um, again, I'll, so I will probably get the instructions out and pass things to her. But she clearly she is the man in our relationship in terms of DIY and stuff like that. I, I quite enjoy doing the flat pack furniture. Uh, however,
0: the two items that I've been dealing with this week, uh, both come from an online, uh, company and they are both big items. They're both fairly expensive items. And I could have paid about 85 pounds per item for them to be put together. And you know what, right now, that Would have been money well spent, it has been a nightmare, and literally, we're recording this on Thursday lunchtime back to lunchtime days for a change. Um, and I have just left uh one of the aforementioned items on the floor, uh, thinking that it's never going to fit. So, uh, I think I've got all sorts of problems. And, uh, in hindsight, they all say hindsight's a wonderful thing. I wish I'd paid the money,
3: but to be fair enough, we we when we had um a big wardrobe to do, we paid the extra thing to do it. The bloke turned up, mate. all oh, right, where are you going to install it? I ain't installing nothing, mate. Dumped it and went off. But that This was this was next, a company that did it. And uh, they sort of, the bloke, clearly, I don't know, different driver or different person who installs, but I ain't installing nothing, mate. Dumped it at the bottom of my stairs and he went off. Well, I think we did get some money back eventually after we kicked off a fuss. So, um, you know, was, necessarily, I, know, necessarily, they'd have got somebody to do it for you anyway. The
0: thing was, if it had been, like, because he's buying i was buying two things if they would said look we'll do the two of them for 100 quid mm. i'd have done it but it was just the fact that they were both so and i don't think that's quite a lot of money for a job that probably would have taken them 20 minutes um i mean it's taken me and my dad the best part of a, a, a full day um but was
3: there much arguing
0: there's, there's been a few uh crosswords along the way yes um <laughs> So, yeah, it's not been uh, it's not been the finest uh, 24 hours uh, or, or so. And uh, that's why there's no script for this week's podcast. So I'm just literally winging it as we go along. It, who knows? This might turn out to one of our best shows ever because I've done absolutely bugger all in terms of preparation.
3: Is, is it all straight? There's nothing wrong or nothing missing?
0: Well, you see, this was part of the problem. One of the things uh, is a wardrobe and uh, <laughs> we... Spent about an hour yesterday looking at this, thinking that they drilled the holes in the wrong side. But actually, no, we just got it around the wrong way. Uh, and then the the second bit is a TV unit. And I just had to put a, I had to build it all together, which I've done and then put the shelf in and the shelf doesn't fit. And that is what's caused the big problem. Uh, and my dad is now dealing with it on his own. So fingers crossed when we finish talking, he will have fixed it so it, both of us both me and my dad are much better when we're just left to our own devices and my dad will sit there and he'll think about it for 10 minutes and he'll come up with a way of fixing it so I'm very confident that once we're done here it's all going to be sorted
3: good old dad that's what I would say so uh, again it probably comes with experience probably so in you know in 20 years time when you're doing it, if you're helping somebody else out you'd be a bit wiser so this of dads but Okay, when you mentioned about the um, screws being in the wrong place, we've done that before, and it does take take your brain about half an hour to realise what could be. Well, the thing, the thing was with this was it was because the wardrobe is a lovely grey colour,
0: and the side that we were trying to put at the front was the grey colour, but actually what it needed to be was the side that hasn't got the grey colour on it because there's something to go in front of it, and that caused us about an hour of bloody uh, stupidity and doubting our own lives and everything like that. But um, yeah, it's. uh, Oh, it's one of those. Anyway, fingers crossed it's all going to be done. Anyway, it's our 223rd episode this week, and as well as that being the number of bloody screws I feel like I've screwed in the last 24 hours, uh, it is the number apparently following 222 and preceding 224. Uh, it's a prime number, uh, and among the 720 permutations of the numbers from 1 to 6, exactly 223 of them have the property that at least one of the numbers is fixed in place by the permutation, of the numbers less than it or greater than separated permeated among themselves. I have got absolutely no idea what any of that means. Not a clue. Uh, Matt, I can't wait before
3: we get to um, four hundred and forty-two, John. We could just have an hour on four-four-two formations.
0: Yeah, but before that, we've got three-five-two, three-three-four-three. <laughs> three, you
3: know, oh, we, we, I know, we've got oh there's, there's hours to come. From these things, episode 220, well, bloody hell, that's a lot of episodes, isn't it? Do you it's
0: know, I, I, I always said that we're, the last episode that, that, that I'll do the numbers is the highest house number that I've ever lived at, and we're still not there yet. We're not far away from it, but we're still not there yet, so we've got another few weeks of this uh, this to come, right. but we'll probably carry on anyway, because mm. it's uh, it's quite nice. Uh, mm. Anyway, uh, on with the show, episode number 223, and we're going to start this week in the Isthmian League Premier Division. Uh, a great weekend for folks in Invicta. In fact, it's been a fantastic start to the season for Neil Cogley's side. Uh, they're unbeaten. They're very near the top of the league table. What better time than for Neil to appear on the show? And earlier this week, Matt had a chat with the long-serving folks in Invicta boss.
1: Yeah, they're very pleased, you know, especially with so many new um, uh, faces in, in the team. And uh, yeah, I lost a couple of quality players in Paxman and Dave Smith. So, yeah, really pleased. Um, yeah, delighted really how it's all gone.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at it because with the Isthmian league starting a week later you probably had a really long pre-season I think you probably had a game at the beginning of July is that a little bit frustrating that it takes so long for the season to start um,
1: no I didn't mind really we had some good friendlies and uh, financially it was quite good because uh, obviously we had good gates in those friendlies so you know, no it's alright you know, it meant everybody could get their holidays in and everything like that. So, a little bit problem but no, a non-league level, you know, because a lot of people are involved in schools and all that and teaching and, uh, you yeah, know, lucky enough, they were all back for the start of the season.
3: Yeah, I'm talking about your gates. There have been some really excellent ones like yesterday against Herne Bay, 926, yeah. 800 against, <laughs> nearly 900 against Hastings, you know. Yeah. From, you know, somebody I read somewhere that, you know, higher than Dover, though, and that's and that's a real achievement of what you're achieving at the club at the moment. There's a real community feel around it, isn't there? Yeah, we've been
1: very lucky. We've had, um, you know, social media on that side of things have really helped the club. It's really pushed it on, and, you know, we've, we've um, tidied up the ground and just everything else, really. Yeah, everything's gone. <laughs> can't really believe how well it's gone. You know, we've been delighted.
3: You mentioned about social media. When you started out, you didn't have all this sort of thing. How important is that to a club as well to get, get the feel of it out to, to the local community? I think it's important. It's certainly important to us because, you know, you say we're getting gates for 400. OK, you've got to win when when they come to, to to look at you. But, you know,
1: it gets people to look at the ground and look at the standard of, uh, you know, the football we play. And, uh, you know, I think our league is a strong league and people are sort of a bit shocked when they come along and see what the atmosphere is like and the, the quality and the fitness of the players. All credit to uh, people in our league. You know, I think that's what happens
3: say so you've played five games. You've won the last three on the spin after drawing the first two. Is that how many points you should have on board, or do you think you should have more or less? How do you think those games have gone?
1: If uh, I'm being honest, I think a couple more. Really, I think we went to Enfield. and I thought we were the better side of the day, and uh, uh, you know, so yeah, maybe a couple more. But it's still so early, isn't it? You know, I'm not a great one look at looking at league tables. I used to say ten games I reckon fifteen now, because you know, before you can really see it all settle down, there you know, so many uh, things happen at different clubs, you know, different players coming and going. So, um, you know, we won't take anything for granted and we'll just, just keep plugging along.
3: I presume Saturday's result against Billy Ricky being two 0 down, um, and winning three two, that must be show the, the character of the the side you've got at the moment. Yeah, I think yeah, the
1: quality of the forwards, I think, you know, it's um you know, quite an exciting side to watch, and we'll just keep going at teams. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, i have uh, you know, been, you're 2 0 down, you think you get a 2 0 draw, you'd be delighted. But to all credit, the players they just went on and on and got the, got the winner. And that was a yeah, tremendous sort of um, feeling because it gives you another chance if you do have that situation or you're losing games, you know, you can
3: get back. Yeah, mentioned for Adi Youssef, he lost his strike partner in Dave Smith, but he scored 3 and 3. Um he has been prolific at this season. I would you say he, he can has he sort of taken up the mantle as the main man this season would you say? Yeah, as he's um he
1: thinks he's the main man anyway, so it <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, we just let him carry on. But you know, with uh, with you know, he's uh, he got help we get um you know Nathan Green and uh, Ian Gales to the club as well. So, you know he's done done a good job for us. And um, yeah, he's he's a um, he's hard players player to play. mark. When he's on song, he's as good as they uh, are in
3: uh, non-league, really. Yeah, say so some of the players you've got have played at you know national league status. So that shows the pedigree of folks. And then what you're growing at the club, does it? Yeah, I think so. I think when they come down and look at the ground and. Um, you know, they start thinking. Oh, you know, it's
1: it's a nice ground, isn't it? You know, you've been there yourself. It's uh, it looks good, and we, you know, we're trying to. You know, obviously, we'd like to be up near the top this year, and uh, um, you know, it's just yeah, we got uh, the quality of these players. Is you know, I wouldn't say we've lost players that we didn't want to lose, obviously, in the summer. But
3: um, I think we, we the recruitment of players we've got in has been very good. Yeah. About Monday's game against Herne Bay, it's a. At local Derby home bay have come through the leagues. How did the game go? And you, you know, you won the game. Was it a difficult game? Um, yeah, it was
1: quite difficult. I've got to say. You know, we, I thought we, uh, you know, we were only two 0 up, and I thought we was controlled in the game. And then they had a speculative shot that went in, and then you know, to be fair to home bay, they, they threw everything at us. And uh, I think they showed that I'm sure they'll be quite
3: comfortable in this league as um as the season goes on. I was quite impressed with them. To be fair, but you know, um. Yes, it was quite a good game. What do you think the standard of the league, with players dropping into the national league, and Delario? Do you think that the standard of the league has improved over the last couple of years?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely improved over the last couple of years. Um the uh, quality of the forwards is good, I think. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a quality league. You know, it's a hard league. And if you're not, if, if, you know, you're not just doing the right things, you'll lose the game or, or, or drop points. You know, so it's uh, it's every game you've got to be at it and, and, and keep going. But uh, I think that's in every league. I think the conference staff is obviously stronger than ours, and they get the conference. It's uh, it's just how it is now.
3: FA Cup action this weekend. Last year, you came so close to getting to the magical first round, losing to Eastley after extra time. You've got a side at a different end of the Pyramid at North Greenford United. In all your time, have you come across them before?
1: Yes, funny enough, we have. We played them in the FA Cup a few years ago and pleased to say we beat beaten that time. So. Hopefully we can do the same. You know, so, as you say, we're having a good start and talk about last year and all that. So it becomes a massive banana skin if you're not careful. And you've got to you've got to do everything dead right. And uh, but I think you know we're an exciting team at the moment, and um, you know hopefully we can get through.
3: What sort of level are they playing? I don't know what league they're playing in. I should have done my homework. No, no, I think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, again, they've got nothing to lose. I suppose a bit like you did it when you had that draw against DC <laughs> last year.
1: Yeah, they have come to the ground and think, you know, hopefully, you know, six, seven hundred people there and, and they want to enjoy it, won't they? And it's our job to make sure they don't enjoy it, you know. So, but as you said, the FA Cup, you know, it's it's a glory and financially it's such a, a big thing. And um, to be fair, we made a, made a lot of money at the
3: FA Cup and FA Trophy last year that we were able to invest into the team this year. So, been nice to do that again. Do you get a more laid back person than
0: Neil Cogley, do you think? I, do you know what I was going to say, very laid back, but that, I thought that was a really, really interesting interview. And sometimes sometimes Neil can be a little bit, I, I don't mean this, but he can be a bit sort of, you know, I've done this a million times in these <laughs> interviews, but I thought what I, what I liked there was, you kind of got some good stuff out of him there. And I, and I really enjoyed it. And interesting he was talking about the, the way that the crowds have gone up and social media and what a big part that's played in that. And I know Anthony does the folks in uh, Victor social media. And and he does do a really good job. And it is incredible to to think, as you said to him there, that wasn't a thing when he started. Now, 25, 26 years on, it's absolutely huge. And it's paying dividends for folks. And as you said, bigger crowds than Dover.
3: Yeah. And I don't know how clubs used to get, I was in word of mouth rather than social media. But folks, you know, they do everything right off the field. You know, you look about the food situation. And Neil's probably gone along with the flow with this, doing his part. The club thing, and he gets the job done on the pitch. Two draws in the first two games, then three wins on the spin. A couple of good wins as well. Clearly, they've been knocking on the door probably since pre-COVID, haven't they, in this division? Last season, they had a great start. Maybe the Cups caught up with them in the end. But there's no reason this season, because maybe it looks like more of an open league with Worthing going, that Folkestone can't be up there. I can't believe there's a more popular manager in the whole country than Neil Cugley at Folkestone, there. He can probably walk, he can turn up, come on the pitch, score an own goal, and the Folkestone fans love him because of that longevity and what he's done for that football club on the pitch, but now building it off the pitch. So they can't, as I say, there can't be a more manager loved anywhere, can there?
0: No, they can't. I mean, he's done a fantastic job. He is. Mr. Folkson and Victor, and, and he's done incredible. And, and one thing I, I, I was actually thinking when I was listening to that interview earlier on today is when Folkson got promoted into this league, it was all about they had all those players that had been there a long time, played all those games, it all played so much. But the way that his squad has evolved is is amazing. And, and as he said there, you know, we, we, we lost some good players this season, this summer, but we've still brought in some really good ones to go with them. And as he said, the strength in that division is getting higher and higher and folks and Victor are by no means the biggest club in that division, but they are keeping pace with everybody in there. And I think that's, you know, a full credit to them. I mean, realistically, if you look at it, even five years ago, Mark, you would have to say Margate were a much bigger club than Folks and Victor. But now that the shoe's very much on the other foot. And, and obviously, when those two teams come together, you're gonna be back in and to win it. And, and it's huge credit to Neil Cugley that he's been there so long, yet he's still got that passion to to reinvigorate
3: his side every year. I think I think that's half the challenge when, you know, is it? he had a lot of players, you know, still got a lot of players. He played a lot of games for the club and it's refreshing it, using your contacts, using to get new players in, look at who's out there. And you look at the side they've got now, I would say probably eight of the 11 have played National League football in some way or another, the squad they've got, who started that game on, on on, on Monday against Herne Bay. So I think it's fantastic. He's got a mixture of youth and experience, and he always seems to find a player who could do a job from the um, academy as well. So, a really fantastic thing. I think, you know, people like Cadell Daniel, Adi Yusuf, Ira Jackson, they've got pace, they've got goals in the team. And you've still got Ian Draycott, clubs, even goalscorers, still doing a job in midfield as well. So, and James Rogers. So, yeah. Maybe I think he's probably learned as he needs to go on. Maybe you need a little more experience to try and get out of this division, and it would be an unbelievable achievement to to get them into to, to national south if they could do it. But they're on a good start to the season, so that's all you can ask for. and Yeah, we mentioned about the cup as well, massively important for them. Um, but I think they're a club heading in the right direction on and off the pitch, and. In some ways, I think COVID's probably helped them in some ways, John, you think? Off the field rather than on the field. I think so.
0: I think, that you know, especially because of where they are location-wise, you know, people are reluctant to maybe travel a little bit further as they possibly used to do. So folks have have kind of come along and and they've they've cornered that area of the county, especially because the team who we'll be talking about later on down the road haven't been doing so well. And he said the key thing is when people come in, you need to be getting results, and they've done that, and that's how they've built that fan base. They are probably, you, you say he's one of the most popular managers in the county, I would say they're probably the most popular club in the county a lot of the time. I think there's, I don't think there's anyone anywhere who's got any axe to grind against, against Folkestone and Victor and, and Neil Coglia. I, I just don't think anybody would, would be listening to this now and thinking, God, I bloody hate Folkestone. You know, whereas some people might think, God, I wish Gerald had shut up about Dover, and, oh, I don't like Maidstone because they've done this, they don't like that, I don't like so and so. I don't think
3: that folks in Victor have ever uh, trying to find a, a better way of saying this, but I don't think they've ever pissed anyone off, have they? No, no. And, and there are not... I always went Mick Cork. I know, he's not... Um, you know, he used to love Folkestone when he used to do stuff for the Dover Express. He absolutely loved... And when you go there, people are genuinely pleased to see you. And I think they're just enjoying their football. Of course, results on the pitch help, but I just think they've got a feel-good factor around the club. And, and if they didn't miss out on promotion... There's nobody going to be saying, oh, cudley has got to go. He's not taking us any further. They're just enjoying the football and they're on for the ride. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what you want football to be.
0: Yes. Uh, shocking lack of research for me before you actually did that uh, that chat. But a decent cut no, draw I I that, for yeah. them uh, against North Greenford, who are in the Combined Counties League Premier North. So uh, the same step as the scaffold, not the league that Beckham were in last year. Um, but for folks... Where is,
3: again, I should have, where is Greenford? Sorry, uh,
0: it's Uxbridge sort of. Well, Ealing apparently is is where. No,
3: lovely. I bet it's a lovely place there. Lovely, yeah, leafy but, ground, I expect.
0: Well, I'm just looking at it now, and it looks like there's lots of trees there. Yeah. Um, but that, that's that's the perfect draw for them, isn't it? Because you know, I mean, they've they've obviously been have been higher up before, but now they are in the in the combined counties league. If you'd said to Neil Coghley before the draw, what do you want? He'd have said a team two steps below at home, and that's exactly what he's got. And the FA Cup. You mentioned it there. You know they got so close last year, and he has got to want to get to that first round proper, hasn't
3: he? Yeah, it's it's, good. it's going to be a tough ask. You know they did so well easily, so unlucky in the previous round. You've got to hope the draws are in their favour. Um, in some ways, I think would, would a Folkestone Victor fan love to beat Dover say in the third qualifying round, but then losing the fourth qualifying oh. round? That's the question. Because then you know that that, that would be an interesting one if that came up. I have seen folks that knocked over out the cup back when Kinears are David won eleven games on the spin and they played folks in the FA Cup and Folkestone won. So oh, I think David folks in the FA Cup fourth qualifier round. What a well both got to win some games, but I think we yeah, if you're a Folkestone fan, knocked over out but miss out on the first round, what would they take?
0: Do you know what? I think they would genuinely take the first round, as much as, yeah, yeah, as, much yeah, as you yeah. and your little bubble up there think that
3: you're, <laughs> think that you're all important. Yeah, I but yeah. yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, but yeah, if you know you're going to get, I don't know, another non league team in the first round. Yeah, unfair. But yeah, they've been there before, 16 odd years against Chester. But whatever team comes at, if they get through, the National League South side coming in, no National League South side want to play Folkestone. I'm absolutely convinced of that.
0: No, absolutely. A good weekend, as we said, for folks. And he said they could have had more points, uh, but they won a Billericay off of being 2-0 down and, and beat Herne Bay. He said nice words about Herne Bay as well there. Uh, Herne Bay played their first home game of the season. Well, they didn't actually play their first home game of the season on Saturday. They played at Ramsgate, but at home. 348 fans there for that one as they drew 1-1 with Kingstonian. On Friday night, both Cray Wanderers and Margate were in action. Both through uh, one-one. Cray at Bishop's Stortford, and Margate at home to Horsham. Then those two met on Monday, and it was a one 0 win for Cray Wanderers. And as I've said before, Matt, I'm in some Margate supporters groups, and, <laughs> and uh, let's just say that they're not particularly happy places at the moment. It, yet again, it just seems like another full storm for Margate at the moment. But Andy Drury's still new to this. He's, he's still. It's only what? He's only five or six games in charge. He probably needs to get a couple of results just to just to for the momentum. But there's there's potential at Margate, isn't it? They've just got to they've just got to realise that potential at some point. We could be doing this podcast in thirty years time and they'll and we'll still be saying another full storm for Margate, couldn't we?
3: Yeah, well they are getting new to changing rooms. They've started building on that. So that's the some of the on, off field things are getting sorted. Yeah. Friday night Margate is the play thing. And again, the FA the cup tie, probably you couldn't get much further, And much worse, I wouldn't have thought as well. So a big week in for Andy Drury. But again, we always thought Margate should be up and around it, just struggling to get going a little bit. And he's been pretty critical, I think, reading in the media, um, Andy Drury, they haven't been at the the races, but they've brought in Cameron Brodie from Dartford, who is a good player. I don't know if he'll be able to play in the Cup, but they've just got to look at it a little bit, Margate. You look at the side they've got, they've got some experience in there. But for me, looking at it, Relying a lot on Ben Greenhalgh when it comes to a things I would have thought to be the main man and get him out of a hole and win if they go if they start if they go down in a game.
0: Yes, FA Cup for all four of our teams in that division uh, at the weekend. As you said, uh, Margate got a long trip. They've also got to make that long trip on Friday night. They, tray, they play Aylesbury United on Friday. That game being played on Friday night because uh, Aylesbury ground share with Chesham, so the, the game is being played in Chesham. Uh, so they and Chesham also at home. Uh, in the in the first qualifying round on Saturdays. So therefore, Aylesbury have had to move their game. Uh, folks, as we've heard, are at home to North Greenford United. Herne Bay at home to Horsham. Uh, nice tie for them. And Cray Wanderers have got a bit of a tricky one, actually, they go to Bognor Regis uh, on Saturday. And not, not ideal, that, for Neil Smith's side, but at least they're boosted by the fact that they got that win on Monday against Margate. Uh, into the Isthmian League South East, where Beckenham are still top of the table. In fact, they're still 100%. They've be Sheppey United 2-1 on Saturday, and then followed that up with a 1-0 win at VCD uh, on Monday. Great, great start to the season for them. Long may that continue uh, for Beckham. The other results in that division over the weekend: on Saturday, was Ashford 2, East Grinstead 2, Chatham 2, Burgess Hill 1, Chichester 1, Corinthian 1, Cray Valley 2, Whitehawk 2, Hayward Heath 1, Ramsgate 2. It was 0-0 when High Town played Seven Oaks, Sittingbourne beat Faversham 2-1. VCD drew 0-0 with Littlehampton. Then on Monday, lots of Derby fixtures floating around uh, on Monday. Crow Valley were 2 on winners at Corinthian. Faversham had a great result as they beat Ashford 1-0. Ramsgate beat Hive 2-1. Chatham Town had a superb win as they won 3-2 at Seven Sevenoaks. 1,004 people were in place at, at Home Park. And most of them would have gone home disappointed as Sittingbourne ran out 1-0 winners in the long-awaited uh, Swale derby. Looking at those uh, results, brilliant weekend for Sittingbourne. They've won both their derbies. Great weekend for Chatham with six points as well. But what about Ashford United, Matt? They've only got a point from those two games. You, you would, I would say when I looked at the results... On Monday, as they were coming in, the one that made me go, oh, the most was that 1 0 win for Faversham against Ashford.
3: A shock, yeah. Again, they only played three games these league teams. They seem to be going for absolutely ages, all of August, but thing with the cup competitions. Yeah, disappointed for um, Tommy uh, Warrall's men. Faversham, with the new joint managers again on board, got a result, uh, kept some of the side with it. But I think, yeah, i be a little bit concerned for, for Ashford. Uh, I think Tommy Worrell again, trying to work his best team out, losing Gary Lockyer, you you're losing a lot of goals, aren't you? Can he replace him and things like that? Um, Ramadan uh, still lone far right up front. But Gary Lockyer did a job for Ashford when he came in, and Ashford were a free-scoring guy, side, but not necessarily against Faversham, which Faversham, after three de- successive defeats, you'd expected them to um, got a result there, but great result for Faversham, even better result for Sittingbourne probably against Sheppi, because not many people would have seen that coming, but City more Nick Davis, especially after going out of the FA Cup as well. That's a, a really good result for them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting start to the season, really. I mean, apart from Beckham, obviously no one else is is 100 in that division at the moment. Whitehawk and, and Ramsgate not far behind them. Chatham are up in fourth, despite their defeat in the opening day of the season. It, it looks like it's going to be a tight old league. I mean, Seven Oaks a lot of people tipping them. They've only got yeah. four points. They've only played three games. Uh, granted, and Sheppey, you know, they've come up at high hopes. They've only got one point so far. Yes, they have only played three games. So they've one called off. they they're progressing in the FA Cup, but I know a lot of people have been disappointed by that on 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 Monday against Sittingbourne. You know that I think there was a lot of expectation around there. Jack Midson came on and got sent off, and obviously they changed the manager right before the start of the season. I think that there's no danger that they're going to get relegated, but it it just seems to me that they've been on such a crest of a wave for such a long time, Sheppey. They've had three, four really good seasons, and I guess are we a little bit surprised that they've not been able to carry that momentum into this new level?
3: I am a little bit. Maybe you know the, the manager going on the eve of the season may have hit them a little bit harder than that they would, would have done. Maybe you know the, the preparation would have been there, but. I, we expected them to be there. A, because they're good crowds and they're used to winning football matches. You know, Chatham, it's worked for them so far. Three wins out of four. You know, Chatham probably had players in the Kent League, probably a bit like Sheppey, who could have played in this level last season. So, interesting to Yeah, but I think Sheppey needs to regroup. But from a born fan who's probably had to listen to it over the last six months or so when they were struggling and Sheppey were beating everybody before them, a very good Bank Holiday Monday if you're a born fan. And I'm sure they're a couple of under they probably had there absolutely enjoyed himself. But we know what City board always start the season well. When Nick Davis does. They've got to make sure they carry on that consistency. Not in the Cup could work in their favour.
0: Yeah, it really could. So they've got the weekend off because it is FA Cup for all of our teams that are involved uh, this weekend. There's no Southeastern pictures on Saturday. Uh, Ashford United at home to Hanworth Villa. VCD Athletic go to Carl Shorten. Cray Valley are at home to Hastings, a, a recap of, of several games last season. Hythe Town at home to Hayes and Yedding. Corinthian go to Met Police. Chatham Town go to Midhurst and Eastbourne. We spoke about them last week. Uh, Seven Oaks at home to Kingstonian. Sheppie United at home to Lewis. A couple of games in the league on Tuesday. Rearranged runs from earlier in the season. Ashford United against Seven Oaks and Hythe against Sheppey. But looking at those cup ties, as I've gone down that draw, there's not a lot that you're thinking that the Eastman League South East side is, is expected to win there, are there?
3: No, Seven Oaks against Kingstonian teams is a good game, I think. Seven Oaks, not a great weekend for them, but back in the last season, they were a good side. and I'm sure they can give Kingston a decent game. You think we're going to lose a few then, John? Folkestone, you would expect to get through. Margot, I don't know how it United, but on a Friday night, that's an absolute pig of a tie. Um, so. Yeah, we could lose you know, through, I but. I guess I
0: just look at it and, and I think all oh, these is East southeast sides got through. And then you look at those draws and you think, oh, that's a stinker, isn't it? Hythe against Hayes and Yedding, uh, Corinthian having yeah. to go to Met Police, you know, Sheppey getting Lewis, you know, they've all they've all got like really, really tough ties at that level. I, I suppose one team who I would be thinking have got a good chance are Chatham, who've got the aforementioned uh, Midhurst and Eastbourne, uh, who you know, are at a lower level than Chatham, a third away tie in a row for, for the Chats at a lower level opposition, which is obviously not ideal. But if you're coming through those ties, then you've got to take a lot of confidence into, into the next round. So, am I right in thinking that you'll be in the draw on Monday? Is that, is that right? Well, the
3: Confidence South side's come in, yeah. So, so there's some decent uh, sides in, in the, who could get these teams, you know, the Epsilic, the Dartfords as well, uh, and the Tunbridge. So, the likes of Chatham you saw with Sheppey when they beat Welling a few years ago, you get through this and you pull out somebody you know local to you. It could be an absolute money, and you probably might have a chance of a result as well. But again, see how it goes. Cray Valley, you've got to feel for Cray Valley Hastings. That's an absolute pig of a tie as well, isn't it? Really, but I suppose you've got, to, you've got to play what comes in front of you. But you're looking at it. It could have been kinder.
0: It really, really could. And a couple of scaffold teams uh, still in the FA Cup as well that we should mention, Town uh, go to Three Bridges on Friday night as well. Uh, Fisher at home to Spellthorne Sports on Saturday. And the all-scaffled tie between Phoenix Sports and Rustle, which we spoke about Rustle last week, but it's a great opportunity for for either of those sides, Matt, because, you know, the, a Phoenix Sports or a Rustle, if they were to get drawn out against Tunbridge Angels, that would be a huge tie for them, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, I suppose you look at it. You expect Rustle to be the favourites to 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 get that. They're the top of the league at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big tie, but Phoenix haven't lost a game. So <laughs> where are we going with this? Rustle beat Ramsgate, didn't they? That was a massive result for them. Can they? They've got to again lift themselves up a the game, and maybe they're expected to win now.
0: Yes. Well, we shall see what happens with those. We're going to move on to the scaffold actually, and we're going to start in step six for a change. Uh, you may remember last week we spoke about Kent Football United and we said you know we, we did try to get someone on the show we didn't get any joy. Well, within about an hour of the show coming out, we did actually get some joy uh, as we got we sent a message from the former first team manager of Kent Football United. Anyway, Gunella has already found himself some more employment as he's now joint manager at SC Thamesmead. I spoke to him earlier on today and I started by asking him about if it was a shock the news about Kent Football United. Yes. Yeah. Massive shock. Uh... We always knew that his son no longer being there
1: may sway him to miss it a bit, may feel on his own. But um, the preparation and the finances that went into pre-season, never expected it
2: to go after three or four games. Um, And the manner as well as, you know, it started off from a text message on a Monday morning um, and then followed up with a phone call in the afternoon and it was pretty much done that day.
0: Um, and then the following day it was closed. So it shocked all of us, yeah. I, I suppose it's really hard, isn't it? Because, you know, Step 6 Football Club and everything that's going on with that, you know, people are putting a lot of effort into it, both, not just the people behind the scenes, but yourself and your players as well. So it must have been really difficult for you. And, and as you just said, that it happened so quickly. Yeah, it happened so quickly. I mean, listen, to Roy,
2: for Roy, it, the, the chairman down there, he's he's dedicated uh, his life, to, to be honest with you, to that football club. He's done everything through his own uh, sources of means, through work and various other things. And it's not perfect. And there's a lot of people that criticise the ground. But uh, what he did have compared to what he's finished with, and he's done it from his own pocket, is, is nothing sure but amazing. But um, uh, yeah, from, from the players' point of view and, and myself, I've helped financially wherever I could. Um, I helped with the, the sponsor of the lights, the floodlights, uh, to get them up and uh, I bought various training kits and and, and materials to help out. Uh, you know, a, a typical non-league uh, side. So, um, which is
0: which, I think everyone that wants a club to do well needs to do. And obviously, step six is, is a difficult level, isn't it? Because you're not getting hundreds of people through the doors every week, and, and it's how you. It, it's amazing that so many clubs do keep going, I suppose, and that this is kind of the first time in a few years that this is happening, Kent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You've you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I'll make Snogland as a as an, as an example. Uh, you know, a, a club that traditionally five five in the last five years haven't really reached the potentials of uh, attendances that they would want would like. I went and watched them against Larkfield the other midweek, and there was over five hundred there. But uh, that's credit to them because they've made their stadium more uh, inviting to, to to the local to the local supporter. Um, I think it's not necessarily, you know, going to watch Gillingham is, is for the style of football because I can't see it being a lot better than, uh, you know, the, the, the total football you see in the Premiership. However, what you can get there is a day out, and Snodland have made their ground a day out for families and and local supporters, so they, they they'll be uh, they'll be flourishing now with support. Um, and unless you unless the rest of us catch up with that, then
0: we're going to be stuck with the twenties and the thirties for the rest of our lives until it so it happens. And, and it does kind of make on, doesn't it? You, you say about the chairman of Kempo United how much he had put in, but there's not a lot coming back into that, is there? And, that, and that's where it becomes really, really, challenging.
2: Very, very much so. Um, you, you rely on some, uh, on your youth. You rely on sponsorship deals. Um, but then again, sponsorship deals. What, what you know? What can you offer them? You know, the, the audience that they get when they put money in. It's it's more favors. It's more a kit sponsor. Is doing you a favour. Um, they, they, they don't get much return um, from people that have 15 attendances at home games. If the youth um, come in the summer, which is great, they get the attendance almost to 100 with their parents. But as soon as it hits the winter, they're not putting their kids out in the cold, um, sitting there for 90 minutes. So, uh, from sort of November onwards, you,
0: you know, you're stuck with hardly any fans, if any. And obviously, with the with the cost of living crisis as well at the moment, it's it's. Extra challenging, isn't it? Very much so. Very much so. I mean, he's sprinkler services that he put in uh, run from a tank that
2: took five hours to fill up. But even even that cost him almost £1,600 a month just on water. Um, so, you know, it, 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 must, it must be... I mean, look, I've never been a chairman, but from what I've experienced from Roy, it's a lot of finance, it's a lot of stress, um, and it's a lot of dedication. It's very much a full-time job um in and around your personal life and i i'm i'm more happy for him than anything because he gets to enjoy life a little bit more stresses have gone yes he'll be upset there was a lot of emotions when we spoke but um it's the right move for him uh you know he's 70 plus so he's got to look after
0: himself now. absolutely you've wasted little time in, in getting back into the game and, and moving into sporting club thamesmead how's that been so far tough start to the season
2: very tough very tough um but the facilities there are phenomenal. Uh, for me, it's one of the best brands, in the, in my opinion, best brands in the league. Uh, Lee and Sam, who are the chairmen there, are, uh, have been top, top guys. i have always supported me in my career, wherever I've been. Um, and he was the first phone call I made and, and I spoke to the manager there. He needed the help and uh, I'm just glad to be on board. But it's, yeah, it's a phenomenal club. I uh, haven't got
0: any points yet. That's got to be the first thing you, you've got to sort out, though, isn't it? Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we're, 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 we're training twice a week at the moment. Um, obviously, some new faces will be coming in. Um, the idea is to blend two, two good squads and, and get the best players possible. Um, We've not too many changes, but enough to make us stronger than what we are now. And um, from what we've seen in pre-season, uh, sorry, uh, last Wednesday in our friendly against Punjab and Saturday's game against um, Tooting, to be honest, there's, there's a massive corner being turned and I'm sure results are
0: uh, imminent. You say about you, you, you were saying earlier on about Snodland and how they've made it an inviting place to play and you just said you think that B- Bayless Avenue is the best ground in the league and I haven't been there myself, like, I'm inclined to agree yeah. with you. So how do you get the people to come and watch SC Thamesmead? Snodland have reached out to their local communities, which
2: I'm not too sure whether Thamesmead has. The problem is with Thamesmead, you have Virith on your doorstep, which you return Town in Step 5, and you have some various other clubs around there. With Snodland, it's either Larkfield uh, or Mainstone, Um or K-Sports, I suppose, if, you, if, 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 if you're around the Old way. So they've reached out to their local community, and I think it's become a more friendlier place now where everyone meets for a beer, watches a game of football. So I don't know if we would have done that, I haven't really been there long enough to ask, but um, I suppose reaching out to your local communities and businesses is, you know, give back to them,
0: might be an idea of getting some more support for the as well. uh, And just finally, we've seen no game on Saturday, you actually should have been playing at, at Bailey Avenue on Saturday. Um, <laughs> so an, a chance to, to work on the training ground and get ready for Wednesday night against Elmstead? Yeah, very much so, very much so. So, um, we, as I say, we're training twice this week. We've actually got a friendly at one o'clock
2: kick-off um, against our, uh, Iristown, um under 23s, I believe, at their place. Um, so, again, good to see some players that I don't know uh, and vice versa for, for, for Aaron Jeffrey, who's the other manager to look at players that he doesn't know. So, um, it's all preparation for Wednesday um, for in my old club. Um, I'm, I'm happy that they've had two great results and they seem to be flying at the moment, so it would be a tough game.
0: Do you know what Matt? I, I really, really enjoyed that conversation, and fair play to him for being, you know, pretty upbeat about the fact that the club he was managing just told him one day, "Well, actually, we're not doing it anymore."
3: Yeah, I don't know if I would be in the same um, mood of doing that, but the way he described it, of how, you know, the reasons why they're no longer in existence with the cost of things, it really is a labour of love. Um, yeah, you've got a feel for him as well. He'd done all the pre-season; he thought the money was there, but then. Things happen, and okay, sometimes there's more important things than football, and it's better that the owner, you know, t- has some time to himself because clearly the financial restraints were too much. But fortunately for him, he's got some good contacts in the game, and and, and hasn't scarred him all this, and he wants to get out there and um, try and do a new job at his new club.
0: I thought it was fascinating when we were talking about you know the, the attendances there, and, and I'm looking at the scaffold First Division uh, fixtures from Saturday, uh, from Monday. Uh, There's only four games, and you've got Snodland, who we mentioned there, 325 people in through the doors. Larkfield and New High, the 121. Lidtown against Greenways, 53. Meridian VP against Tooting Tuttinghamen, which was a six-goal thriller, finished 3-3. 18 paying supporters. Mm. And it's no wonder, I, I did look back into August, and I saw, you know, Kent Football United, they had 38 people come to one of their games. And, and I thought, you know, what we'd said so many times, what a labour of love it is running a football club and as he said there I'm happy for him he's in his 70s let him go and enjoy the rest of his life rather than stressing about how to make ends meet at a step six football club but it's so sad that they've gone out of business in the way that they have that the club is is no more but it just hammers home that point we make all the time about the, the passion that there is for, for that level of football
3: yeah some part of me in some way it looks at some clubs we mentioned. the folks and maybe we've got since COVID have got stronger and we've lost Kent Football United. I'm surprised we haven't lost more, really, unless the people are, are still carrying on, because it is a labour of love, even though you might be losing money. And, and as the winter goes on, how well, hard it's going to be for some of these clubs as well. So, yeah, I have to say, always, I've always thought I'd love to get in the running of a football club. But when you listen on this podcast, some of the things that you have to do, that not necessarily anything to do with football, of keeping the club afloat, you think, Christ, we would never get involved with a football club. And it, it is a labour of love for um, for a lot of people, but sometimes you've got to put other things into perspective. They've had a good run, but now it's time to go. But hopefully as well, the players that came from the United can find out new clubs, which, which could be as well, it be a, a sporting club, Thamesmead.
0: Well, that was the impression that I got. And, and I suppose that's a, a bit of a no-brainer for for Thamesmead. You know, obviously that they've said... That they've had a, a poor start to the season. They haven't got any points yet. They need to sort of push on and, and progress from there. So I suppose that, that part of the thing for them is they need to, you know, that, that they need to, a bit of a spark at something to get them going. And he sounds to me, Ennio, like a very, very passionate man to have involved there. And obviously he cares about this level of football. He knows this level of football. And you can only say you've got to wish him well, can't you?
3: But once you're in football, as we said, football's a drug. So he wants to be involved... Probably worked hard over the summer and he thinks he can give that back to Thamesmead uh, from, from that point of view. Yeah. Luckily, he can get back into the into a club straight away. Massive challenge, though, you have to say, of what he can achieve. Because um, it's going to be very hard to try and get on. Getting some points on the board will probably make him a little bit uh, happier as well. Yes,
0: and as, as I said to him, they were supposed to be playing Kemper United this weekend. So no game for them. Uh, they've got that friendly against the Towns uh, under 23s. So a chance for them to, to get going before they play Elmstead on, on Wednesday. And, you know, at least it's early days. If him and Aaron can get that team gelling, flying, then th- th- there's still a long way to go. And there's no reason why they can't be looking up the league. And as he said there, Baylis Avenue is a great place to watch football. They've they've obviously been in there for, for, for a while now, uh, SC Thamesmead. And I, I think there's potential in that area. But as he said, there's so many clubs around the place. And they're all competing for the same sort of fan base. But... You know, if you're at a loose end one Saturday, why not give them a try? It's a nice place to watch a game of football. And uh, from the sounds of it, they're going to be giving it a good go. And that's what you can ask for, isn't it?
3: Right. They want want to start to do a little bit better from there. Again, maybe a breath of fresh air with him coming in, help the new management out. They can move up the top of the table, move up the table. Yes.
0: As we said last week, it was the FA Vars for several of our teams. and we'll go through the results pretty quickly. Some pretty good results, actually. Aaron Milbank scored twice from the penalty spot in Dealtown's 3 1 win at Alford. The game between Clapton and Punjab was postponed due to an unplayable pitch at Clapton, uh, rearranged for next midweek to be played at Punjab. Uh, Midtown 2 1 winners at Cobham. Irith and Belvedere had a quiet day down at East Preston, just the nine goals for them. Uh, Hat there for both Malachi Hudson and Tundi Adaramu, who was at Beckenham last season. Irith Town also a big winner, 6 0 against Lockswood. Fashion Strike Force went out. Uh, 2-0 at home to Horsham YMCA. Two late goals there uh, for the visitors. FC Homestead beat Barking 3-0 on penalties after a 2-2 draw. Fisher 3, Oakwood 2. Lords were beaten 2-0 at home by Crowborough. Lewisham Borough went out 3-1 at home to Broadbridge Heath. Midhurst and Eastbourne uh, beat Greenways on penalties after a 1-1 draw. Wellington 3-1 winners at Marle Oak. It was 6-1 uh, to Kennington as they beat Dean United. Uh, Staple Monarchs, I think they went out on penalties. It's not on the website, but they drew 2-2 with Pagham and went out on penalties. Essie Timmsby lost at Tooting Beck. Uh, Westside beat Whitstable on penalties as well after a 1-1 draw. AFC Whiteleaf won 3-1 at Wick and Forest Hill Park won 3-1 at Worthing United. So some good results there. Do you know what, everybody? I'm sure the draw's have already been made for the next round. But I really don't have the and uh, the first idea where to look for it at the moment. I do apologise. This show is rubbish. I'm really sorry. <laughs> a bit like my flat it, pack building, actually.
3: Which disappointed, aren't they? I would have thought well, they would fancy an FA Vars run this season. Exactly, but
0: Josh is thinking, you know, I wouldn't have been in for another two rounds if I'd stayed at Tunbridge Wells. Yeah, and it's already out. So uh, there you go. One of those things.
3: Disappointing, yeah.
0: First results on Saturday was Brighton & 1, Snodland Town one, Loughborough New High five 0 winners over Berlondsey, Uh Rochester two, Meridian V P nil, and then on Monday just the four fixtures I've already mentioned the three three draws to Meridian and Tooting Beck it was Lockfield one, Strike Strikeforce two, Lid beat Greenways by a goal to nil, and Snodland nil, Rochester United nil. Fixtures that week, this weekend in that division: Croydon are at home to Lewisham Borough. Fabergian Strikeforce take on and Ropes, it's Forest Hill against Lidtown, Greenway's take on FC Armstead, Meridian VP host Staplehurst Monarchs, Snodland Town against AFC Whiteleaf, Tooting Beck against Larkfield and New Hythe. and on Monday Greenway's take on Snodland. Uh, and then on Wednesday, three fixtures on Wednesday, Croydon against Burnsey, FC Armstead as we've mentioned against SC Thamesmead, Larkfield and New Hythe, against Staplehurst Monarchs. Uh, into the Scaffield Premier Division where there were games both on Saturday and Monday. Uh, the big game on Saturday was Rustle against Glebe, and Rustle who we spoke to you last week? They were held to a 1-1 draw. Well, they'll probably think they got away with the 1-1 draw after a last-minute goal uh, for Rustle and them that 1-1 draw. Stansfield won, Hollands and Blair won, Holmesdale nil, Bicester nil, and K Sports beat Tunbridge Wells by four goals to one. But Tunbridge Wells bounced back on Monday by winning the Tunbridge Wells derby as they beat Rustle by a goal to nil Trevor McCready scoring the only goal there 842 supporters uh, in for that one that is a great attendance on a bank holiday Monday uh, at that level I mean that's only about 60 70 less than what we said was a great attendance for Folkestone so that goes to show uh what you've got there also that Monday, is a, that
3: is, a, that is a, a big derby that um if you know you probably know that derby if you didn't look if you didn't know okay I didn't know where Russell was before we did this but um that is a fantastic game um, and um, to be fair more importantly, a big win for Tunbridge Wells because they needed that win.
0: Absolutely. So there were some big results actually floating around uh, in that division on Monday. It was Beerstad 1, Sports 0. Irith and Belvedere beat Wellington 4-0. Special Fisher 1, Holmesdale 1. Uh, this one made me uh, have a sharp intake of breath. Glee 1, Stansfeld 3. Uh, Lordswood 1-0 winners against Hollands and Blair. Kennington beat Deal by a goal to lead, also a bit of a turn-up, and it was Punjab United 3, Sutton Athletic 1. And then on Wednesday night, they are out of the vase, but they're still 100% in the league, as Whittsville Town were 3-0 winners at Canterbury City. But that result for Stansfeld, Matt. That's really, really impressive. They're, they're second in the league. They've got 10 points in their first season after promotion. That, that That's pretty impressive, isn't it?
3: Yeah, they, they, had, they had that run, didn't they, in the, in the um, vase, which probably showed that they could do a job up against higher teams and they've taken that on board and Glebe we all tip Glebe to be um, the side to watch out for struggling in 12, well Stanford's it's a fantastic result for them but are you looking at it Erith and Belvedere scoring goals for fun and Whitstable both yet to concede a goal this season so Whitstable apart from the Vars you know they'd have fancied running the Vars whatever they may say a decent start in the league for them but and a disappointing result for Deal as well you wouldn't expect them to lose to Kennington so uh, so Normally, John, we always make how exciting this division is, by the beginning of September, it looks very excited with some uh, some big boys up there and not so big boys. So uh, exciting times. I'd like to look at it on the 1st of October and see how we're going then.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'll make a note in the diary to look at it on the 1st of October. Uh, this weekend, Beersted at home to Irith and Belvedere on Saturday. It's Deal against Lordswood. Hollands and Blair against K-Sports. Punjab United at home to Homesdale. Stansfield take on Canterbury City. Sutton Athletic against Glebe. And Wichita Town against Wellingtown. And then on Tuesday night, Irith and Belvedere at home to Phoenix Sports. That's a big early game as well. And it's Wellington against Irith Town. So plenty of exciting action there. Let's move on then to the National League South, where... I text Matt on uh, Saturday evening and said, surely you're going up now after their 4-0 win. They filled up with a 3-0 defeat to Epps-Fleet. Uh We said last week, Matt, we'd see what you thought of Ebsfleet. Were you impressed?
3: Clinical. Yeah, they played some nice football. Good pace in the team, which I'm always a big fan of. Darren McQueen caused David problems. Ebsfleet deserved to be in front. First goal, maybe the keeper should have saved it. They were the much better team in the first half. David changed formation, had plenty of the balls, but... If you don't take your chances, they um, you probably deserve to be level at top. Dover, plenty of possession didn't really hurt Epsley, Um probably because Ebsleet just maybe kept them at Arms Bay pretty easily. So, um, yeah, I was impressed. You know, Off the field, there seemed to be a good vibe out there. Um, whatever people may say, Charles Webster, you know, they're geared up for promotion. And if it doesn't happen this season... I would be surprised. But, you know, they look well organised and they've got d- decent strikers who can score goals. And at this level, that's all you, you need to do. And they've got some good players. So, yeah, I did not expect much to come out of the game. I, I was pretty semi-pleased with the performance from Dover because they could have got something that felt a bit, a bit more clinical. But they move on again, But Dover are not going to be concerned about Epsolite this season, I'm sure.
0: A good win on Saturday. Though. I mean, after... You can't take a 4-0 win for granted after
3: everything you went through last season. No, no, no. We put Again, I didn't think Hemel were that bad. Again, if they got behind Dover a few times. But again, no cutting edge up front. You know, as we've always said in this thing, everybody wants a, a decent striker who can score goals. Absolutely have got a few of them, I think. <laughs> and if maybe um, Hemel had, they could have caused Dover problems. Yeah, a 4-0 win was a decent win. I, I'm not concerned that Dover are going to get relegated but they need to work on a few things. When you get your chances, you've got to put them away. And my concern is, Pavey will score goals if you give them chances. Are the rest of the forwards currently at the club? Carney's done well coming off the bench, scoring a couple of goals. Other players need to step up to the mark when they've got a chance. Or when they'll get a chance. Yes, uh, Dover
0: and Ebbsfleet were with the shining lights uh, on a disappointing Saturday as Dummage Angels were beaten 2-0 at Braintree. Dartford beaten at home by Worthing by two goals to one, uh, and Welling United beaten also two goals to one at home by Chelmsford City, while Ebb's were winning at Concord. Also 2-1. There's a lot of two ones ones about Andover, the aforementioned 4-0 win over Hemel Hempstead. And then on Monday, more disappointing for Turridge Angels, three defeats in a row for them after their 2-1 defeat at home to St Albans. Welling, though, had a really good result as they were 2-1 winners at Dulwich Hamlet. Dartford beat the aforementioned Hemel Hempstead Town by two goals to nil. Uh, they're, they're obviously not the strongest, Temple Hempstead, uh, Matt, but I, I wonder if Dartford were disappointed with their start to the season. It's, you know, a lot of high hopes, a lot of expectations. I mean, they've got nine points, but they would be expecting to be better than that, wouldn't they?
3: Yeah, but of course, especially when they started last season, you probably on to hide into nothing, because every time they lose a game, you'd think last season they started so well. Arguably, they didn't get promoted last season, so if they, do, if they carry on um, with this start and get promoted... They'd rather be, but they are nine points behind Epsley. And can you see Epsley dropping many points this season? No. So it puts a little bit of pressure on them. Um, I think they will be disappointed with the, with the squad they've got. Um, but Worthing, as you saw the first game of the season, I think they'll shock a few teams this season. Worthing, um, good away from home. Haven't won at home yet. Drawn, won all their away games. We've drawn all their home games. But yeah, it seems. Some, you know, some surprised people up there. And less a surprise. Bath struggled last season. Oxford were good last season as well. So, yeah, it's opening doors. Welling. Welling seems a little bit inconsistent, but a, a good weekend. Uh, well, a decent weekend after, at least Monday after the weekend. And if they can get, you know, Welling have got a decent squad. They get a bit of a run. I'm sure they can be definitely in the playoffs.
0: Yes. Uh, this weekend, Dartford head west to go and face Chippenham. Uh, It's Fleet against Bath, so an early top of the tablecloth. Tom and James are home to Dulwich Hamlet and Welling United against Oxford City. And, of course, the highlight of the Kenton League podcast, National League South season, Eastbourne Borough against Dover Athletic. Uh, We're both going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. If you are at a loose end on Saturday online commentary of Eastbourne Borough against Dover Athletic on the Borough the BBC Sport website and it's a bit of a role reversal because I always start this podcast and I always finish this podcast. When we're doing the commentaries together, Matthew Gerrard is the main man and I'm looking forward to it Matt and I've seen Eastbourne already this season I wasn't that impressed so I'm looking forward to seeing how Dover shape up.
3: Well yeah you can, you can do the Dover Athletic analysis next week and you could say you, you're absolutely 110 spot on or you could say cheer up you miserable we'll git. What I'm talking about David. So we will have to wait and see. Going back to Dartford, fair play to Dartford. They've had away games. They've been to Bath, Taughton and Chippenham in their opening three games. I know you've got to go there eventually all season, but they've had some tough start, tough, tough, long away trips on their, on their, so far this season. But again, they have lost two at home as well. So, but yeah, interesting times await. But again, if Epsley do not get promoted, it will be a failure, I would have thought. They, they they you know they're in the habit of winning matches and I think they've got too good a squad them against have I think they've got next week I think will be a big game
0: yes yes it certainly will uh our two National League Premier Division sides are next to each other in the table Bromley in ninth Maidstone United in 10th but I'm pretty sure uh that Bromley won't be best pleased after a, a bit of a shocking result for them they've, they've been keeping clean sheets left right and centre uh, they beat Scunthorpe one nil on Saturday
3: and they've got beaten 4-1 at Dagenham and Redbridge. I did not see that coming. Did you, Matt? Not at all, no. probably um, 1-0 probably I think they were down to nine men against Gunthorpe and they still won at the weekend. Maybe that took them out of it. Yeah, but probably have been, I suppose, when you're winning 1-0, you know, keeping clean sheets. But then you could see 4 against Dagenham who had hardly been pulling up trees. A little bit disappointed. But, yeah, I think... They'll be happy where they want to be. I still think Bromley have got a, a very good chance this season. Maidstone, fantastic weekend for them. Delighted they beat my old foes Aldershot. I have to say, and Akane Retting doing a very, very good job. After that Tonkin against Wrexham, they bounced back with two good results against Torquay side, who will improve over the season, I'm sure. And uh, an Aldershot downside. I hope we get relegated.
0: If, do you know what? If I'd actually had time to write a script, that would have been exactly what I would have said. They lost 5-0, and then they'd bounce back the beaten Torquay, and they have won away at Aldershot. Aldershot have had a pretty poor start to the season. Uh, but as, I, this kind of goes back to the folks in Victor Point. There's no one saying, oh, folks can get relegated, whereas there's an angry man doing a podcast in Kent saying, oh, bloody Aldershot, go down. That just goes to show uh, what I'm talking about when he comes out. But Mainstone, I've got to be pleased with about 10 well, points not know, nobody would
3: games. be Apart from maybe if you're a Chillingham fan, there's nobody who's going to hope that Mainstone get relegated, because I think the way they're run um, and the way they got promoted, a lot of people will be hoping that they can have a good season. And again, I don't think they're going to be pulling up trees, but I think they will bloody their nose at some of the sides. And once um, Hackenireton can get the players in, he wants to get in as well. They will be okay. He's a decent manager, and he knows how this, this how this division works. So. He went off very unhappy with his squad when they lost to Wrexham, but shows the character in that and what he could get out of his players with those two good results. So, Folkestone a bit like, Maystone a bit like Folkestone. I think everybody quite, nobody's got a bad word to say about Maystone either, I don't think.
0: No, and I think if you'd said to to Hakan and anyone at Maidstone, right, you're going to lose 5-0 at Wrexham in your, in your fourth game of the season. But after six games, you're going to have 10 points. I think they'd have snapped your hands off for that anyway. So really well done uh, to Mainstone in that aspect. This weekend, Bromley are at home to Eastleigh and Mainstone United have the short old trip uh, to Gateshead. What what a lovely weekend that promises to be.
3: Yeah, it's it's. But there's no reason Gates are the struggling. they won in Gateshead, have they? Maidstone get a result there. They could be in the playoffs by the time that comes. So, yeah, a long trip. Again, you would be dedicated to go up there, but at least you're going up there in the beginning of September rather than going up in the middle of December.
0: Well, and I suppose there's worse places to have a night out than Newcastle. Well, yes, night, right?
3: exactly, yeah. I'm sure, I don't know, I think they're having an overnight, so maybe the players will have another overnight as well. So if you can if you get a result there, yeah, result there, they could be in the playoffs, which would be a fantastic achievement for them.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, that's pretty much the end of it. We've managed to blag our way through it,
3: mate. Uh, you, you've, we'll, you've done really well. Normally it's me who's stopping and starting, but... Um, your brain must have been frazzled by the uh, Phillips or the was Phillips and the. Yeah, no, it's just Phillips, Phillips and yeah. Alan,
0: Phillips Alan, and Alan.
3: Phil, yeah, yeah, good old Alan, yeah, good yeah, old Alan, the
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate both of them. They are all yeah. raw people. Um,
3: but I'm looking but forward to the weekend, John.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really good, actually. What was we last saw each other when we did episode 200, didn't we? When was yeah. that? January time.
3: Uh, yes, so, yeah, course, we haven't I'm
0: seen also. each other for, for a while. And obviously, uh, there's going to be an emotional moment. Uh, well, a couple of emotional moments, but uh, at least m- most importantly, uh, when you finally get to t- see the trophy that we won. Exactly. That's yes, going to be the I'm highlight,
3: isn't it? I, I'm more importantly, you get that train ticket for us. Probably. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: <laughs> do you know what? It's next to me here. And I was like, I've got to remember to take that with me on Saturday when I see Matt. Uh, I've I've also got a certificate for you as well. Oh,
3: yes. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to buy a frame for that. That's really strange, no, so
0: the I certificate is already framed, my friend. Uh, oh wow. So I've got a framed ticket for you and a framed train ticket, which you can have both of, yeah, totally. uh, free of charge. Um, so I'll, I'll sort that out for you on Saturday. But yeah, it's going to be really, really good. Uh, if you are making the trip down to, to Eastbourne, do come and say hello to us both. If you want to, get two for the price of one. Uh, we'll be in the press box at, uh, at Eastbourne Vale. Really, really looking forward to it. and and hopefully next week's show won't be as cobbled together as this one although we're going to have a conversation off the air in a minute which is going to be very entertaining as we try to fit in next week's podcast Uh, anyway thank you everybody for listening to this week's show Uh, thank you to both of our guests for their time as we really really enjoyed both of those interviews and most importantly thank you to all of you for listening you can find us on social media Uh, And on Twitter, at Podcast, On Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John flips 81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore There will be a picture of the two of us going around on social media with our trophy. Uh, So we're looking forward to to sharing that with you at the weekend. Uh, And whatever game you go to this weekend, I hope you enjoy yourselves. And thank you again for listening to this week's show. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast.
3: Friend, football friend, I'm coming to see you soon.